Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Every year we get to the time of Mother's Day to Father's Day. We try and do a family series in the middle. And my mom did an amazing job on Mother's Day. And I encourage you, if you have not heard that, go back and hear it. If you've heard it, go hear it again. And so she had a scripture that she used that just landed on me so strong that I knew it was to be the, the main scripture, the foundational scripture for our series. And so Jeremiah 31, one, let's read that and let's get into the message today. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel and they will be my people. Isn't that interesting? It's almost like if you don't understand what he's saying here, it's almost like that was kind of redundant. Like he said that twice. But can I tell you, there's a difference between God uh, being over all the families and you being a family of God? <laughs> no, there is. There's something to be said about God being over all the God of Israel, or over all of us in terms today, over all his people. God's, he is, he's my God, he's all his people. Okay, well, are you then a godly family? In other words, if people look at you and your family, would they know that you're a family of God? Oh yeah, but God's, but God's my God, really? How would I know that? What's well, none of your business? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it's all our business, right? It's our witness. It's who we are. It's how, how we know ourselves. It's how the devil knows. It's how God knows that we're your people. You're not just our God, but you, we're your people. And there's a difference. And our families today are under attack, and we need to stand up and say that we are a godly family. Not that just God's a God over our family, but we're a godly family. And our family reflects the nature of God. You can, you can look at us or God can look down and see himself in us. That's how we ended last week. That we need to be families and marriages and people that God sees himself in. He is looking for his people. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for those that reflect his nature. He's looking for marriages. He's looking for people. He's looking for families, for homes that he sees himself in. You know why? Because he blesses what he sees himself in. You want promotion, protection, provision from God, and we all do. And God's looking and saying, I give it to those who I see myself in that reflect my image and are doing what I've put them on this planet to do. That's where God's gonna, that's where you would invest, right? So God's saying, I created you in my image, in my nature, because I want to see you on the earth. In fact, he says, I wanna see you all over the earth. And he's gonna bless what he sees himself in. And so last week we talked about that. I don't wanna recap a lot. I, I do need to do a few things, just uh, review a few things so we can move on today from it. But I, I want you to know that when God looks down to see himself, what is he looking for? He's looking to see his nature. What is the nature of God? God is love. Were you here last week? No, I'm just kidding. God is love, amen? That's his nature. And he's looking for us to bear fruit, that you would bear fruit. We're, we're bearing the fruit of the spirit, which is the nature of God. He's looking for those that he sees love operating, the fruit of the spirit operating out of their families, out of their life, out of their homes. And so last week, as we talked about the family of God, and we talked about, we looked at the scripture, it was in Ezra, where they celebrated and rejoiced at the foundation of the house of God. They were celebrating the foundation that the, the house of God was built on because they know the foundation is the most important thing. And we talked about building, we sang the song, building your life on the foundation of the things of God, on the foundation of the word of God, amen? Build your life, build your house upon the rock, the word of God. And he talks about that last week in the sense of when you build your house, your core values on that, that it cannot be shaken. 
And so God looks to see, he looks down and he's looking to see. And we talked about the temple being uh, the house of God, your house, and that you yourself are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And then we looked, if you'll remember, if you were here last week, we looked at the high priest that ministered to the Lord in the house of God. You are the high priest. The scripture says in your house, you minister to the Lord there and how the high priest would be dressed in a robe and at the hem of his robe, there'd be bells and pomegranates. If you remember that. If you weren't here, you'll need to go back and watch it. Now, bells look good and sound good, but pomegranates temper the bell in, a, in, a, in the sense of the fruit. And we're talking about what you do, what you say, what you hear. And then we're talking about who you are, the fruit of the spirit. So there's a lot to that. I said a mouthful and Probably said it really fast, and I normally preach really slow. <laughs> Just kidding. And uh, so, bells and pomegranates, right? So I'm going to go there. We're talking about what you do, what, what, you, what you say, what, what they hear, and then who you are, the fruit that you're developing, and how it was important that they were tempered, every other one, right? Bell, pomegranate, bell, pomegranate. If you're just doing things or if you're just uh, having things and doing things without love, the Bible says you're noise, there's too much noise coming from churches in this world and not enough love. And eventually we're gonna turn the noise off. Right, if you're correcting your kids all the time and getting after your kids all the time and you're never really loving them or building them up, guess what, at some point in time, you're gonna to talk to them and all they hear is noise. If you're gonna berate your spouse and get after your spouse all the time and you're just so condescending all the time to your spouse and you don't temper that with love on your spouse, when you open your mouth, all they're gonna hear is noise. And it's sad to me in a world today with, when the world needs a church like never before, all we're doing is judging people and all we're doing, you know, is uh, doing all these, but not showing the love of God, then we're just noise to this world. So we have to be people that reflect the nature of God, his love and the fruit of the spirit. Amen? Bell, pomegranate, bell, pomegranate. We have, we have to be known by that. So having just given you a quick review, I wanna look at, Genesis 1, 26 through 28 this morning. Uh, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And to all the dads with daughters, I'd say, you have dominion over all the creeps. And uh, just a little tip for you. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply. Mission, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves. The image of God is to have dominion over things of the earth. Not over people, but over the things of the earth. You're to subdue the activity of the earth and not be subdued by it. And so God creates you in his image and he says, my image is not subdued by anything. There is nothing on this earth that has dominion over God. Therefore, nothing has dominion over God's image bearers. Come on, somebody. So God said, if your family is looking like me or in my image, your marriage is operating in my image, you're operating, then you can have dominion over the activity of the enemy around you and not it have dominion over you. Why? Because he's looking for himself. He's looking for image bearers. Do you reflect the nature of God? Do you reflect the nature of God? Now, notice he also said he, he uh, saw that it was, uh, in that moment, he, he, he saw that, it, that uh, he told him to be uh, fruitful and multiply. And what he was saying there, he saw, that he, he saw that, he's creating, be fruitful and multiply. He's saying, I need a world full of people that reflect my image. He's not telling you to crank out a whole bunch of little ones that look like you. 
He's not. He's not saying, populate the earth with Duncans. Although my brother's done a lot. He's got six kids, so he's not telling me all that. It's like, great. <laughs> he's saying, I need image bearers. I need people that reflect me all over the earth. That was his plan. That won't be subdued by what's happening, but will subdue what's happening. That won't have dominion over them by the things happening, but will take dominion over the things happening because his image takes dominion, subdues things. His image. The problem with you and I is when we don't reflect his image because he doesn't bless what he doesn't see himself in. And so we struggle with some things and maybe the problem is not the problem. Maybe the problem is you're not reflecting the nature of God. Maybe your bells, 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 and bells, and bells, but maybe there's no fruit of the spirit. There's no nature of God. There's no love of God operating in your life. But God can be your God, but are you his people? Are you his image bearer? Are you reflecting the nature of God in your life, in your marriage, in your family, and in your home? Now, notice he also said here, he said, uh, let's make him in our image. And so God did that. And let's take a look now over at Genesis 2, 18 through 25. Genesis 2, 18 through 25. And as you're turning there, I just want to make a comment. And Genesis 1.27 said, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Now, let me make a statement here. And during this series, is important. Many of you probably assume or know. I want you to know for sure. I, I want you to know what we believe. And I want to say what, I, what I'm about to say in love. We love everyone. We reflect, I believe we reflect the nature of God, love and the fruit of the Spirit. We love everyone. But we believe that the Bible says that he made male and female. We believe he made two genders. He did, and he did that. Now, <clears throat> I, I wanna say something here, and I, and I appreciate the applause and support of that, but I, I want us to make sure that we reflect the love of God. And so I, I, I want you to know that we pray for everyone to come here. We pray for everyone to come be in this house. Everyone is welcome here. Everyone is welcome here. But I want to make sure that we reflect the love of God, the nature of God with everyone that comes. And I never want anybody that comes with a different idea or not bringing her opinion to feel unwelcome. And so I just want to encourage you in that. Let's make sure that we're expressing the nature of God in this church because not all churches do. And I can say that because I'm a pastor. And not everybody that does what I do does it that way. And that's between them and the Lord. But as for this house, we want to reflect that. But I, amen, amen, amen. So he made two genders. God did that. Now, before I get to the next scriptures in Genesis 2, um, when we were talking last week, what we talked about is this idea of what are we really working towards here? And what this means basically is that there's a picture that we need, a goal that we need to be working towards. And I have this puzzle, I brought it out last week. And I look at it like this, this puzzle to me is, the, for intent purposes in the context of our series, this puzzle is the image or picture of God or what he's trying to create. It's just a lighthouse on here. But you get the point, you get the picture. <laughs> that this picture here 
It's a puzzle, and there's pieces associated with that. And so in this puzzle here, when you look at the front, it is the picture that when you put every one of the pieces together, they fit in a way that gives you the picture. So having said that, there are no pieces that aren't reflected. And there's no airplane pieces because there's no airplane flying across here, right? So there's no pieces in here that do not belong to create the picture that God's created. So we look in the scripture to get our framework, our values, and everything we see in the scripture helps us fit it into the picture of God. So we're looking at pieces of our life. You're a piece, your marriage is a piece, you're single, it's a piece, your kids are a piece, all those kind of things. But all those pieces that you find here that tell you about your life or how to live your life fit to look like the image of God, the character and nature of God. So we don't add pieces that he didn't already create. At the same time, we don't remove pieces because you, if you add a piece here, it won't look like this any longer. If you take a piece away from this because you just don't like it, it won't look like this. But this, his image, his nature is what he blesses. And so I wanna encourage you in that. So we love everybody and all we are trying to do is help everybody see the picture that God has and then find the tools to apply their, to their lives so they fit in a way that reflects the nature and love of God. There's no judgment in any of that. It's just absolutely trying to get people to find what God has for them. Now, having said that, Genesis 18 says this. Now the Lord God said, it's not good, beneficial for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, one who balances him, a counterpart, suitable and complementary for him. This is out of the Amplified. And so the Lord God formed out of the ground every animal of the field, every bird, brought them to Adam, see what he'd call them. And whatever the man called the living creature was his name. And the man, gave names to, uh, the man gave names to all livestock, birds of the air, and every animal in the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper that was suitable, a companion for him. So the Lord God caused Adam to fall asleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh. He made, from that rib he made, uh, from the, he took from man, he fashioned, formed into a woman, and he brought her and presented her to the man. And then Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, so she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and not afraid. All right, that's a bad, it, it was, it didn't go over good first service either. I don't know why. I don't know why I insist in bringing bad jokes into second service. And we're not ashamed or embarrassed. A couple of things in that passage. Now what you saw in the Amplified, I love it. It talked about a help me a balance, a complementary partner. And let me, go, let me say this going back to my comment on the two genders. If it's all the same, it's not complementary and it doesn't balance. You gotta love me, right? We're talking about love, right? You gotta love me, right? Okay, it doesn't because if you just keep having the same, where's the balance? Biologically, psychologically, physiology, Mentally, anything you want to add on there, all the ologies or whatever, the, the difference is for an intentional purpose to be complementary so that she has what I don't have and I have what she doesn't have so we can come fulfilled. Did you get it? A mission of creating more that have the nature and character of God on the earth. So then he says, he brought man to woman and basically God here is giving Eve to Adam and they're coming into a marriage relationship. And I want to say this again with absolute love 
that we believe, what this says, the lead us to this, is that marriage is between a man and a woman. And so I wanted to take a moment in this series to make sure that everybody knew. And I also wanted, along with that, I also wanna make sure everybody knows. Everybody's welcome. No judgment here. Amen. We just want everybody to see this so they can apply it to their life if they want this. And so it's important for you to know that. So I want to take a moment and say that. But you obviously see a mission, if you will, here. And you see the people that God brings together to fulfill that. And so what we're doing and talking about is framing our families in a way for success according to the word of God to get the picture of God, or so we look like him and reflect him in the earth. Now, the problem is, well, the good is, the picture lets you know what the goal is and the pieces will fit. The problem is, most of us don't know what this looks like. And if you wanna know what this looks like, you gotta get into this. I mean, that's the reality, right? You have to get into this. So here's the problem. Most of us haven't spent time to find out what those things say in the Bible. So how are you going to get here? Now, we're going to help you. We're going to do what we can. And according to Scripture, I hope you hear the word and all this and to, make, to help you so you can see that picture. But you have to do that. You gotta, most people don't know what this picture looks like because they haven't found out or read for themselves. They haven't seen it modeled. The world is giving them different pictures all the time, different things, to, different pieces to put in, different pieces to take away, but it doesn't get the picture. And then we've had models in our own homes. Some of us have not had good models and some of us ha- have had good models, some haven't. And we bring those into our relationships. And so the picture helps you know how to place the pieces, not according to how you you feel, but according to how they fit until it looks like the picture. And again, a lot of us struggle because we have not seen that model. And so we need to take some time and understand all that. And so the challenge today is my wife was raised by her mom and dad, and I was raised by my mom and dad. So she had a model, I had a model. So in a sense, my mom and dad married her mom and dad. <laughs> I know that's a little weird, but, but the models, right? we came in with different models. And so we bring those together into our marriage relationship. And so uh, that, that, that's the model I had, the model she had. And now we can be mentored and we can be coached and we need to be, we all need that. But also most of us will gravitate towards what we've seen, not what we hear, the model we've seen. And we've had all kinds of models and there's all kinds of models today. And so if we're gonna look like the picture we got to make sure that we're not putting things in it that are not in the box, the book, or taking things out that are. And if you're after a goal, you need to have a model so you can place the pieces according to how they fit, not how you feel. And so Jessamy has a, a model in her life and a marriage and her family that she's seen and built her life upon at that moment. I, I have the same thing. I, I have a model as well. But I didn't marry the model. I married her. And she didn't marry the model, she married a supermodel. I know. I know. I've been waiting for that one. I wrote that yesterday and just laughed for a long time. So, okay. So, she, so we get together, and we're getting together is about us, not about the models. So we think, right? So we get together, but we have these models. And so now, now I dated her and she dated me, but we married the models. And out of the two models, we had to begin to create a new one for us, which is not easy. 
It's not easy at all. But it's easier when you know what to look like, when you know what the goal is. And when you're looking at how to frame the pieces, how to put them together. And so even though we had two completely different models, we can come together with a model in front of us and find that and create that. And now we are together today, I believe, because we believed more in the model than we did in the mess. So if you don't believe more in the model than the mess, then your marriage is gonna be a mess and your family's gonna be a mess and your home's gonna be a mess. But you have the model right here. You have the picture that you have to believe in. And so we had enough core value things that we were standing on, building our life upon that we could stand in the midst of our storms while we're still trying to figure out how to put the pieces together. And part of that is, no matter what we do, who we are, we need to reflect the life, love, and power of Jesus, the nature of God. So if you don't have a model, then you're gonna struggle. So we need to make sure that we're having it. If you don't have a model, you're gonna think your way is the right way. If we don't understand the model, we won't be looking for a companion. We won't be looking for a helpmate. We won't be looking for someone to bring balance. We won't be looking for a complimentary partner as we read. We won't be looking for those things if we don't have a model. We're looking for someone to agree with us and fit in our model. Let me say it this way. We're not looking for a partner at that point in time. We're looking for an actor to play a part in our narrative to a script they've never read. But that's our expectation. And when they don't meet that expectation, then we get frustrated and disappointed. And then comes conflict. And so that's why we have got to get into this to put the pieces together to look like this because we come from different models. You can create a new model. That's the good news, amen? Built around the core or values of his word. And let me make this statement. In order for us to have unity, we don't have to have sameness. That's the problem today, right? You have to be just like me for us to have unity. No, you don't. God created you, male and female, unique. He created you with different abilities. Jesse has different things for a reason, a complementary, a balance. If it's all the same, then you're out of balance and you don't have that complementary thing to equip you to fulfill a mission. And so we need to understand that we have to celebrate our uniqueness, but that creates part of the problem. We're so different, you're supposed to be, so you come together as complementary, but only if you're in pursuit of the same thing, not your thing. So you have to make sure we understand that. So we have our different perspectives. We have our different spiritual life. We, in a sense, some is the same, some is different. Spiritual giftings. We have giftings and callings that make us unique in who we are. And when it comes to marriage and family, uh, we're, we're not looking for conformed behaviors, but we're looking for transformed nature. That's what the word does. It transforms. We're not looking for just bells. We're looking for pomegranates. So we're not just trying to do good. We're trying to be good and bear fruit. Now back in Genesis, it said, bear fruit. God is looking for himself. It's the fruit that reflects his nature. So bringing all this together, different models, different perspectives, different gifts, different spiritual gifts, how can we still be uniquely you, uniquely us, and still have unity in marriage and family? And I wanna say this morning, you can still be uniquely you and have unity as long as you have a mission. Can I use the word mission and purpose interchangeably this morning? 
As long as you come together around a mission, as long as you come together around a purpose. The problem is most people don't know what their mission is, don't know their purpose. Well, can I tell you this morning, this is a pretty good mission and purpose right here to reflect the life, love, nature, power of God on the earth. That's a pretty good one. And so you can build your life and put the pieces together according to the word of God, the framework to put the pieces together to look like that. You have a purpose which you come together. The problem with marriage family today and why we get in trouble, it's not people problems, it's purpose problems. Here's your purpose, reflecting the nature of God. And God is looking to protect, provide, promote and bless those people, those marriages, those families, those homes that look like him. And woe be unto the couple, the family, the person who has no idea what your mission or purpose is. We try to help you with that. That's why you need to get in growth track and next steps. We have spiritual gift tests. We have personality tests. We have other things that you can know why God wired you the way he did and help you find that and figure that out. Listen, let me say this. God helped the children that are born into the house of the family who doesn't know who they are or where they're going. We have whole generations that are lost and we blame society and culture. Maybe it's, we've, we don't know the model. Well, maybe it's because we're not together on the purpose and we're not working towards a common goal in our uniqueness and how God's designed us and created all of us and used all our gifts and abilities to come together united over a purpose, over a mission. And if you don't have that in your home and you're raising kids in that, they're just as lost as you are. And we wanna blame society and culture or friends or, or social media and stuff. That's not the case. It's not a people problem. It's a purpose problem. And your family has to be centered around a purpose. Everyone needs a mission. Proverbs 29, 18, New Living Translation, when people do not accept, New Living Translation, I love it, the scripture, when people do not accept divine guidance, Come on, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful, is fulfilled. Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision down, make it plain. It's not complicated. We overcomplicate it, we overthink it because we wanna put different pieces in the box. It's already there for you that he may run with it who reads it. So we need to remove the excuses and get down to the mission. Bells and pomegranates. We're doing things, saying things, but at the same time, we're doing it in love with the nature of God. You need something to care about, something to work on, something that drives you, excites you, something to build upon. If you're gonna have agreement, have unity, you need, it needs to happen around a mission. Let me say this, there is power in agreement. There is power in agreement. Oh, we're not gonna agree on everything. Jessamine and I are different, right? Like, uh, I, she loves to travel. I like to be home. I'm a homebody. Jessamine loves, she's a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> That's Donnie and Jessamine, not Marie. <laughs> she's a night owl. She likes to sleep in. I like to be up early. She likes to be behind the scenes. I like to be seen. <laughs> but you already knew that. She likes Dr. Pepper. I like Diet Coke. 
And that's okay. But when it comes to our core values, we can agree on this so it'll look like this. Amen? It's okay. And let me just say this. Matthew 18, 19 through 20. You know what? Don't let me say it. Let the word say it. Again, I say to you that if two agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three are gathered together in my name, on my mission, I am there in the midst of them. When they look like me. Can we say it that way? I am there in the midst of it. If there is anything the devil doesn't want us to have, it's agreement. He doesn't want people in marriage. He doesn't want people in agreement. Because when we agree, we are better. We are stronger than we are, than we are apart. When we come together, when you come together in agreement, you don't have to be the same. But we're stronger. There's power when we're in agreement. There's power in your marriage when you're agreeing. You don't have to be like the other one, but you got to have the core things to agree upon, the model that you're in pursuit of. If you don't have a spouse, you need to have a friend that you can come in agreement with or friends. Anytime people come into agreement concerning the mission of God, concerning on what God sees, there's power released there. Power released there. See, the enemy fights so hard for our families, our marriages, our homes, our churches to not be in agreement. Not that we have everything all the same, but that we can come together on our core beliefs. Because when we agree, there's power. The power of agreement releases a level of anointing that you can't come by any other way. The reason the devil is at war with your home with your marriage, with your life, with your kids, with your family. It's not because he doesn't like you. He hates you. We know that. It's because he hates agreement. He does not want you to come into agreement because when you're in agreement, you have the power to overcome anything that the devil comes your way. That's why the rain can fall, the the wind can blow, the water can rise, but my house will not be shaken because we're reflecting the nature of God and we're walking in agreement on what that looks like in our home and our family based on the word of God. We're putting the pieces of the puzzle together the way the word instructs us to get the picture. We're coming into agreement for that. God says we're two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of you. In other words, God says, I dwell in your agreement. Come on, somebody. God says, I dwell in your unity. I dwell in your agreement. So so the enemy uses petty things. You realize most of your arguments are really just over stupid things, right? So the enemy uses petty things, hurt feelings, offenses, and I'm not saying those are a little or belittle. Those are some, some of those are big things, but he does what he can to break the agreement between you and your spouse and your family, and your kids, your friend, and your church. But God dwells in unity. Psalms 133, one through three says this, behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Aaron was the high priest. So get the picture here. Aaron, the high priest, we already talked about this. He had this robe on and at the hem of his garments were bells, pomegranates, bells, pomegranates. The Bible says when you're in agreement, it's like the anointing oil flowing down from the top. And where does it end up? It ends up on the bells and pomegranates in your life. So the things that you do say and see, God's gonna bless. And the nature that you reflect, the fruit you produce, he's gonna bless. Those things will be anointed. When? When? 
when you stand in agreement in your home, in your marriage, in your family. There's an anointing that's poured down that flows down to the bells and pomegranates at the hem of your garment. He goes on to say this. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded blessing. Where did the Lord command blessing? In agreement. The Lord commanded blessing on the unity. The Lord commanded blessing on the agreement. Where you came together around a purpose, around a mission bigger than your individual selves. That's where the blessing of the Lord is in your home. When you look like he looks, his character and his nature, and when you can come in agreement with everyone else around a common mission and purpose, that's where the blessing of God is. So come hell or high water, rainfall, wind blow, lightning strike, thunder crash, water rise. But my house is going to reflect the character and nature of God. And we are a family on mission and agreement. So our core foundation, we agree on. And I just wanna encourage you this morning with your family. He's looking for himself in you. He's looking for agreement. And agreement comes around a mission. I, I, I don't know what that is for each and every one of us. We have the Great Commission. We have a, a picture, but you know why it's the Great Commission? It's because there's other commissions. <laughs> but we all have to be about the Great Commission, right? And then we all have different assignments, different purposes that feed into the Great Commission. I don't know what that is. And, and so I wonder sometimes, I'm like, don't come to church without your family. Do what you gotta do to get your kids in the house of God. Do what you gotta do to get your teens there. Why? Because you're building foundational things that you can find agreement on and they're learning how to produce the fruit of the spirit. Serve together. There's all kinds of opportunities here and out there to serve together. And let me just say this. It's not about just coming to church. It's, it doesn't matter if you win at church if you lose at home. It doesn't matter if you come in on Sunday morning and we can all find an agreement in the song list and we can all find an agreement in the scripture today. If you go home then and it's hell at home instead of a place to lay your head, a refuge. It doesn't matter if you win at work and you lose at home. It doesn't matter if you win everywhere else and lose at home. It doesn't matter. But if you, your family, will use these pieces to work on reflecting his character, his nature, and gather around that purpose, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope today was just to look at the word of God and get our framework, our values, see how the pieces fit together. Not be moved by our feelings, but how he created the pieces to come together. And if we will do that and be at a place where we want the model more than the mess, we'll see the blessing of God. And oh, we can have the bells, the things that look and sound good, but without the pomegranate, it's just noise. So maybe we need to adjust instead of our family chasing the bells and the whistles, but chasing the bells, we need maybe to chase the fruit of the spirit a little bit more. And then we have to have a mission, a purpose that God has for every one of us to come together as a family, as a marriage, as friends, as a church about 
Because when we do that, then in that agreement, there's the power. The power that we need to stand in the midst of a storm because we have a solid foundation. The power to make things that are impossible possible. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 